Hello friends, welcome back to another episode of the Inner Placer podcast. Today's guest shares her remarkable journey as a female entrepreneur in a male-dominated industry, diving into the opportunities and obstacles that women often encounter in the business world. Through her experience, she offers valuable advice for facing self-doubt and breaking through societal barriers. Her story aligns perfectly with the main purpose of this podcast to inspire and uplift you on your own journey of self-discovery and empowerment. Let's get started. Hey, I'm Corina Ortega, just a regular Venezuelan woman who is passionate about being the voice she once needed by helping you navigate through your own people-pleasing recovery journey. I walk with you through the lessons I've learned throughout my own process and give you the tools that will help you make decisions that start prioritizing your own needs. Think of it as our personal date with a menu full of clarity and awareness. Get ready to learn and be challenged to dig deep through these conversations to unravel this prioritizing journey together. This is the Inner Pleaser Podcast. We have the privilege of speaking with Diana Janis. Diana is a creative thinker and strategic doer, passionate about eclectic styles and sustainable fashion. With years of experience as a design consultant and the founder of Diana Janis Consulting, she combines her love for design with her commitment to sustainability, offering authentic and innovative solutions to the fashion industry. Beyond her professional achievements, Diana is also a devoted mother and loving partner. So join us as we dive into her fascinating story, exploring her insights and perspective on female empowerment as a woman thriving in a men's industry. Diana Yanez, welcome to the Inner Pleaser podcast. Hi, thank you, Cody, for having me. I'm so excited. So excited to have you here. Thank you for your time also. I know you're a busy mama, so I'm, I'm very thankful to have you in this space and to get to share a topic that it's, it's quite interesting for both of us and that we have shared several DMs about it, but we felt this was important to make an episode about this and share it with others. So for someone that doesn't know you, give us kind of the story of who you are. I know it can be a bit long, but just tell us a bit about you, who you are, what's your journey as an entrepreneur, and maybe the different challenges or achievements that have brought you to where you are today. Okay, yeah, that, that's a long one. <laughs> I've, I've been an entrepreneur, I would say, since all my life. But when I started like my current entrepreneurial path, I was... 24 years old. I was living in Shanghai. Uh, I've been living the past 14, 16 years. I don't remember abroad between Paris, Milan, uh, New York, Shanghai, Russia. And uh, when I was in Shanghai, I was like, okay, I, I actually need to start something on my own. I would say that the office life is not my kind of lifestyle. Um, so I came back to Milan where I opened a shoe brand which was my best masters ever because I learned everything that has allowed me to open 
or to, let's say, to continue my entrepreneurial path in a different way. Mm -hmm. So in 2018, I started my new company, Diana Yanes Consulting. We are a consultancy firm specialized in foodware design and innovation. And uh, our major focus and the way of to innovate is through social sustainability. So we uplift people even living in the streets and we train them to make shoes and give them job positions. Uh, we have another laboratory in jail, in a male's jail that I started training them when I was 23 and I was still in university. And, uh, and then through sustainable processes and materials, we are lately doing life cycle assessment on products to understand the, the impact, the environmental and social impact shoes have and how to improve that. So let's say that all of this has been a path, right? Because mm -hmm. of course, from outside, it seems like, oh, okay, well, she got it all right. And it's like, oh no, I've, uh, I've had so many, so many businesses and uh, I've been bankruptcy many times and uh, I've had to, like, after making several hundreds of thousands, I've had to do delivery, like, food consignment because I had nothing else to do while I was trying to reinvent myself. So mm -hmm. I think like what you see from outside, it's like, ah, everything is perfect, but it's like, no. <laughs> right. And I think, I think every entrepreneur can, can agree with you on that. I mean, uh, that's sort of the path and thank you for sharing and for being vulnerable about it because um, yeah, I'm sure many, many of, of us can relate. Some years ago, I don't even remember, I was cleaning my house and I found the Deliveroo <laughs> fridge and I showed it on my stories. Like, you know, that I once was delivering food. Love that. And uh, I will keep this because one day a museum will be open under my name and that will be part of it. I love that. Please keep it. I love that. <laughs> it's going to be such a cool part of your journey. So yeah, yeah. keep it. Please do. <laughs> yeah. I love that. Speaking about challenges, uh, let's get to to the topic of today. Like in your experience, what what are some of those opportunities or obstacles that you see women can encounter compared to men in the business world? Yeah, well, I think that depends on the country, the culture, and the industry mm -hmm. you work uh, in and with. Mm -hmm. But like, for example, I work, I live in Italy and I mostly work with European countries. Okay. So of course my experience is completely different to yours that you yeah. work with Muslims or to a Venezuelan that works in a country that works poorly, <laughs> that works the way it works. Yeah. So, uh, but in any case, um, for example, Italy is a country extremely sexist. Mm. Uh, I recently won a prize for uh, female entrepreneurship and uh, one of the speakers in a motivational way, right? But uh, she started her speech saying some comments that people wrote about female entrepreneurship and a lot of the comments, all of this comes from Italy, but I think all around the world is absolutely in a way similar not not all, but like it depends right like mm -hmm. nordic countries are not like that but for right. example some of the comments were like women should uh go back to the kitchen or we we need good moms not good entrepreneurs mm -hmm. or uh, female entrepreneurs or 
the worst one was like female entrepreneurs tend to be the spoiled wife of a rich man. Unfortunately, in Italy, there's a lot of cavemen. Mm-hmm. So, of course, the first thing is that it depends on where you come from, where you are, right? Definitely. But I would say that also, depending on that, it depends the opportunities. So, for example, in Italy and in the European Union, there is a lot of incentives for female entrepreneurship. Like, right. for example, the price I want from the bank, there are a lot of incentives from like tax-wise or, you know, like to access to some funds. So mm-hmm. those are some opportunities. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say that this is a global thing, mm-hmm. but I think that uh, women have become more more aware of the need to do a community and to stay together. Mm-hmm. So I think that there is much more support between us and that is an opportunity that it's definitely something that we should tackle more absolutely um i think that a beautiful opportunity and that it's extremely important to highlight is that women bring different perspectives to business as usual to the table Mm -hmm. and that can be an added value and a competitive advantage to the company Absolutely. and of course for you to sell yourself as a, as a potential candidate. And the other one, I think it would be like women tend to be more empathetic in the way they're leading and that can bring more engagement from employees, from customers, from suppliers, from anyone, right? Yeah. Yes. Of course, speaking of the difficulties, it can become a difficulty because people can take that as a weak point Correct. and take advantage of it. Exactly. Instead of instead of feeling inspired by it, I agree with you. It can be exactly. it can be the, the total opposite. Yeah. So of course, like you need to understand where is the limit where like you need mm-hmm. to set a limit, and that is difficult. I think. Yes. Yes. I agree. Yeah, and I think among the difficulties, I would say one of the biggest ones that I found is the credibility, mm-hmm. uh, because unfortunately. Uh, Men have been in this for, oh, like forever, right? Mm-hmm. So people are looking at the mini fault that a woman will do mm-hmm. just to say, ah, you see, so she can't do it. But the thing is that it's not that we make more or less mistakes. It's just that they're looking for the mistakes we're doing. Correct. Yeah. And so I think that's a difficulty. And it is true because I see it myself from the client or the, the prospects that arrive to my table as mm-hmm. my prospect clients, there's a lot of spoiled girls mm-hmm. from mommy, daddy, or the husband backing them up. Mm-hmm. And uh, that doesn't mean that men are not the same. Men has also the help from mom and dad. I think this that's a difficulty. And one that it's super important, I think this message has become one of my like newest ones I was going through a selection process right now. I interviewed like 40 people. And out of those 40, I would say three were men. And I would I saw so much difference. You know, like men came very prepared. They came knowing what they wanted, how they wanted, what they wanted to get from me, from the company. Women were, no, well, you know, like so ephemeral. Oh, no, I don't care about that. Anything you want. And it's like, You know, I think, and that's a personal difficulty. That's Mm -hmm. not society. It's more like us. We need to be more certain of what we want. We need to be secure straight to the point. And 
Yeah, like exactly. We need to be sharp. We can't be well, whatever you want. No. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We can we can also be to the point, right? And we have to do that that job. And and going back to this female entrepreneur program that you won and that you were speaking of, in what ways do you think that entrepreneurship can be a vehicle for empowering women economically and also for getting to that gender equality? I will start by gender equality because I think that will get therefore to economically empowering women. And the fact is that bringing women to the decision makers like position brings another perspective to business and solving problems. I will give three examples that are very basic, but I think that they get like, they're very straightforward, right? The first thing is that 73% of women are more likely to die in car crash, frontal car crash rather than men. And that's because the test has been done with male. And of course we have different bodies, different weights, different anything. So certainly if we bring women to the table, a woman would say, you know what? Uh, why are we testing with man? Let's also test with a woman and see if that happens. So you would bring more parity to the decision-making. The same with ictus. Women and men feel a heart attack completely different. Mm -hmm. And there's more women dying from that because we are only aware that, oh, your arm hurts, but to women, arms doesn't hurt. So we need that other half to come into place to let other people know, okay, no, I don't feel like that. And, and I think something really important, and this would go directly with the economically empowerment, is that if you bring women and men, like completely parity, you would like maternity and paternity requirements, they wouldn't become a problem. Correct. Because the thing is that right now, for example, um, it seems like the kids, well, right now less than before, but yeah. it's like, oh, the kids are the women's responsibility. And in the end... I am a mom and I remember that he was there. Like, exactly. I, I swear he was there that night. You know, it's like, <laughs> we, need to, we need to, it has to be a 50-50, regardless how you see it, no? There's mm -hmm. no 50-50. But the thing is that the moment you see, you bring women to the decision-making, you start also saying, hey, we have different needs. Yeah. Like, okay, I have to breastfeed. He can't do that. So we need to give some time to that. Okay, but if I do that, then what can he do? And what are the permissions? Where, like, we need that. And regarding the economically empowerment, that would also, like, even in a selection process, for example, if we're not speaking about entrepreneurship necessarily, but like someone looking for a job, if we would all have the same rights and uh, um, we would all need to do the same things, and being a man or a woman wouldn't change in a selection process. I, I don't know. Like I, I like those three examples because I think they're very straight to the point and you get to see how things could change with small adjustments. Absolutely. And, and I agree that by actively promoting gender diversity and including females in the decision making, we can create that inclusive environment that will eventually embrace different perspectives 
and also experiences. And, and when women are just represented in those higher levels, it just breaks down the traditional gender norms or any stereotypes that there might be. And I love that example that you gave because I think that when both parents have those equal opportunities you were speaking about, it not only empowers women to pursue their careers and their aspirations, but also creates an opportunity where family and careers can coexist. And speaking about those adjustments, I loved one of your last posts where you were sharing a bit about the female entrepreneur program that you participated in, where you spoke about a few ways that we can create a more inclusive and supportive environment for female entrepreneurs. So can you share a bit more about that? Well, I think the first change needs to come from within us. And uh, the reason why I say this It's because we can't change overnight the way the society behaves. That's very difficult. Mm -hmm. We are 200 to 300 years behind in that parity, right? But if the attitude in us changes, things like in automatic, they change. As Mm -hmm. in, I've never felt less because I'm a woman and I am in a men's industry because shoes are all men. I've seen hundreds of factories in my life and only two owned by a woman. And I think that's why it's so important to have your point of view on this topic because you are living it. You you are in that environment. So I think it's it's so on point. Yeah, no. So I think like that's the first thing. So it's changing your attitude understanding that, as you said, it, it, this was your third episode. Not everyone wants to, how do you, how do you call it? Not everyone wants to, uh, has the best intentions. Yeah. So when you ask for a, an advice or when someone tells you something, men or women, you know, like regardless who the person is, not everyone has good intentions. Mm-hmm. And also, and like at the same time, not everyone is the best person to advise, right? Like, right. for example, my mom. My mom is mom number one. She is like the most supportive. She's the happiest person to be. <laughs> right? Yeah. So you would never think she wants to advise me wrong. Right. However, sometimes I know that I can't ask my mom for an advice because she will. She's just not the right person to ask for it. Correct. It depends, like, depends on her beliefs, on her, yeah, you know, on the tools she has. So exactly. Like, for example, I don't know, I'm an entrepreneur, right? I have to look at the balance sheet, how numbers are going, the financial forecast. I need to, you know, like follow things. My mom is more like, oh, I believe in you. I mean, I am really sure that you can make it. I'm like, okay, thanks. It goes but, beyond that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thank yeah. you, mom. I also mm. believe in myself, but mm. the numbers are mm. not reflecting that expense right right (laughs) definitely believe in yourself and I think that uh like 100% is getting educated Mm -hmm. and getting educated I see that we women we have definitely a competitive advantage in there like I do uh, among the like in my business I do also one-to-one calls with entrepreneurs to guide Mm -hmm. them and most of them are either women black people Mm -hmm. or gay men 
This mm-hmm. says that minorities or people treated as minorities <laughs> tend to have the will to be more, more educated. And that's great mm-hmm. because the thing is that education is the way to defeat in a proper way ignorance. And, and I love that you say this because when, when I thought about this question, um, one of the first things I saw, I thought was how important it is from now on moving forward, um, what we call breaking cycles, like the education that we give at home to our children. Like how are we educating our children since they are kids, right? To change the cycle from the one we have been used to. And, and yes, I so believe that it's not only our education and our belief, but also for the new ger- generations that are coming, right? Yeah, 100%. And I think that part of the education is to let them know that, as you said, again, no, not everybody has the best intentions mm-hmm. and to also learn to believe in themselves because we are battling something that it's huge, mm-hmm. right? So it's not like, If I teach my daughter, oh, baby, you are great. You are super powerful. But then in the park, kids or moms comes and say, oh, but you're ugly and uh, you're weak and you can't do this. But I don't give her the tools to fight that Mm -hmm. and to kind of block her ears because that's part of it. You know, you need to block your ears. You you can't listen to what everyone is saying. Um, Then my work hasn't been completed. And I, I think that demonstration is the best way to act. Someone tells me you're weak. I don't need to go, of course, right away and lift a, a building, you know? This yeah. is like, okay. And then, you know, I continue doing my things and um, eventually you'll see that I am not, and that's fine. Correct. And, and, and that's part of the internal work that you first mentioned, like, Once we get to know, and I think I'm a firm believer on that, once you get to know yourself better and understand who you are to the core, you're not going to believe it as far as you know yourself. So I love that you mentioned that because I think not only for becoming an entrepreneur, but for everything in life, I think it's important. Um, I love also that you mentioned like the support groups, and I think I've seen it more and more now, uh, female are supporting each other a lot. And also, I would love to know, does your male partner, do you have his support in your entrepreneurship? Because in the industry that I work in, mostly are female, I think it's over 70%. I've seen several women that don't have the support of their partners, their male partners, and some of them just go with it and 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 reach their goals. And it's very inspiring. But there are many others that just die with the desire of going for their dreams and just achieving what they want to do just because they don't have that male support. So what's your input on this? Like, do you have that support? Yeah, I love you asking this because I think that is a fundamental part of my success. Massimiliano is the most like present dad partner cheerleader anything and uh, I think that's a very important decision for us as women as in 
I think society made us believe that ah, we're women, we need to find them the men of our lives and get married and have children and take care of our homes and uh, you mm-hmm. know respect your husband and uh, the thing is that yeah all of that is fine I can handle it and uh, you can handle it too <laughs> exactly <laughs> so, yeah. and why, so, why I think is the big question why does it have to be one or the other right exactly so like for example I do have the opposite Uh, experience because in my past long relationship that I was seven years with that person I remember him telling me constantly things is well you have to do this because you're the woman and uh, that battle between me he would always say I was a rebel right and uh, that's I think culture is difficult to fight but of course sometimes I would be like yeah he's right and then no the Like, I'm sorry, but you go and mansplain somebody else. And uh, I knew that I needed someone. In fact, I remember that when I knew Massimiliano, it was like the second day we were seeing each other. Mm -hmm. And um, I told him something that was enlightening to me because I was like, it might be so boring having a man without any aspirations. Like, imagine... How difficult can it be to be Serena Williams' husband? Not that I know him. And then I researched and I was like, this dude is super successful. (laughs) It's just that he is giving light to her. Correct. And I mean, he has a different personality. I guess Mm. if he would want to be as show off as he could be. But I was like, why was that thinking of mine? Mm -hmm. And then I thought, maybe that's what I need. You know, like someone that is super successful in whatever, like whatever that means, because success is a very broad term. Very personal as well. Exactly. But Mm -hmm. maybe, because I used to like this people who likes power and, uh, you know, that are like socially super recognized. And Mm -hmm. then I was like, maybe that's not what I need because that clashes with what I want to do. So Mm -hmm. maybe I need someone that, yes, is like hard worker and, uh, has big aspirations, huh? but that also wants to uplift who I am. And I think that's something important. You know, I think we need to do that test to understand if what we want is speaking to what we are doing or what we are looking for. Yeah. Because that realization is, I would say, not everything, but almost everything. Like mm-hmm. in that moment where you understand that your coherence between what you're wishing and what you're doing is aligned, then things happen. Absolutely. And also for being women, that work and life balance, it's so important to have that support at home because it just makes things easier. And you can tell us about it because I'm still not a mom, but you are. So obviously having that support at home makes the road more easy, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Plus it makes the road easier. Plus I think it's just something healthy for the couple. Mm -hmm. Like for example, the the female entrepreneurship prize, it was two weeks in a row. I was going from 6 PM to 9 PM to this bootcamp Monday to Friday. So for five nights a week for two weeks in a row, he was the one staying at home with Marty. And uh, what's the problem? Like, why not? So, and of course that, like for that specific case, it was like, okay, so I would go there. I would do my job as in, I would learn everything that I needed to learn 
-hmm. bring it back to business, business more fruitful. Therefore, we're all more happy. And uh, I didn't go for like two nights because he needed to do something. So I was like, okay, I'll stay at home and I'll do it from home. But, you know, we were all happy because we all managed to do what we needed to do. And uh, it's balance. Yeah. Right. Balance. Love that. And do you think that we as women have the same capabilities as men? 100%. Uh, some, some people would, would even say more. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think we definitely have, I, I wouldn't say the same. We have different ones that allow us to achieve the same result because roads are not one way. Like to achieve a result, we can put a specific example. I'm an entrepreneur, right? So I want to my business to to get from 100 to 1 million, right? And mm -hmm. for that, I need to make a strategy. I need to understand how to execute the strategy. I need to, in the strategy, I need to put like, who's the team in place? Who is, who are the suppliers? Who are the key partners in general? Like I need to set everything up, right? The way I will do it is completely different to the way another guy would do it. But I am using my strong and soft skills to achieve the same result as he's. Huh. And to be honest, something I do see that is a, a positive capability that I think we do have that men tend to have less is how organized we can be. Because... Literally, and this is a day-to-day -day example. I wake up between six and seven. I dress Marty up. I dress myself up. I make breakfast for the two of us. I bring Masi the coffee to bed because he actually goes to sleep at two or three, depending on work. So mm -hmm. he wakes up later. Okay. Um, then I usually bring her to school. I come to the office. Then he goes pick her up. Uh, the lunch is ready. And, uh, you know, like we continue. If I do everything myself, I manage to do everything. If I ask Masi to do half of the things I do in the morning, it's 10 a.m. and he's still like, what should I put to Marty to go to school? And I'm like, she should have been in school 30 minutes ago. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's just a matter of like, I do manage, right now I'm doing an MBA. I, am, I have my business where we found the first... Um, investors at the beginning of the year so that took us one year to actually get everything done i deal with more than 20 suppliers every day i have a team to manage uh so i mean i have all of this if i ask masi and i usually i cook because he doesn't like cooking okay so, and i prefer cooking uh i managed to do all of this and uh I can see he wouldn't manage. So definitely we women are more organized. Yeah. Why, why not saying that? I think that's a positive thing we definitely yeah. have. I agree. And, and, and such an important virtue for entrepreneurs. I think we could be speaking about this topic for quite a while, but I guess my last question would be what advice or strategies that have worked for you would you give to those female that are aspiring to become entrepreneurs and that maybe be facing that self-doubt, those societal barriers, or even that they don't have the support of their partners? Like, what would you say to them? First thing is believe in yourself. The second thing is to educate yourself and to never build 
unremovable barriers, right? As uh-huh. in, oh, I have a partner who's not helping and uh, whatever. It's, it's not a death contract, you know, like you, you can you can leave whenever you want. Oh you don't God. have to stay there. And uh, look for help. Mm-hmm. Look for help as in there's many associations who provide help, some even for free. Um, so, you know, like be surrounded by those persons who enlighten you the most and who can teach you the most never be scared of being with smarter people than you because that's key yeah that's how you grow exactly and uh and I think it's smart to also accept where you are not as good because it's the only way that you will actually overcome that or you could overcome it yeah just to to know which areas do you need to to either get support or get better at. Yeah. I agree with you. And uh, I mean, of course, this is very easy, I would say, for a white person coming <laughs> from a free country. Uh, but um, I, it's, it's not something that I say, but even like I, I listen to, to Oprah show quite often. And I love that once she said, when you think you are going through something impossible and super super difficult, just remember that somebody else already passed through that. So we have all had our difficulties and uh, they might be different, but there's always a way of going out. So I would definitely take into consideration the non-unbreakable barriers that, you know, there there's always another way of doing things and, and another way of getting from like out of where you are yeah absolutely I love that yeah I think I think the last thing I I I could add and it's regarding your first question the difficulties and the the challenges Mm -hmm. and triumphs I would say that the best triumph is to get up every day and do your work and uh, that will eventually if you do it well, of course, get to where you want to get. And uh, because there's a lot of ups and downs along yes. the road. And a lot of uncertainty at some points. Um, yeah. And and the small steps is what makes it count, even mm-hmm. in those uncertain times. Yeah. And to celebrate every little thing, you know, like the glass will always be half empty or half full. So even in the moments that the glass tends to look a bit more empty rather than full, just look at the good side and celebrate those achievements you've you've had because they're important. Yeah, and I think it's the way to enjoy the journey because it's actually a journey. And the way to enjoy every moment of it, it's by doing that. Exactly. Just not celebrating only the big hits or the big moments, but celebrating the small ones. Any ways that people can get in touch with you to maybe get help as the one-on-one sessions that you were speaking of or any other way that people can just learn from you or get a bit of your magic? Well, if you want to see my life more as an entrepreneur, a mom, a shoe designer, shoemaker, whatever, sustainability, (laughs) that's my personal Instagram, which is Diana Carolina Janes, Diana Carolina Janes. <laughs> <laughs> so funny. I'm going That's to put it in the description. Me. No worries. 
<laughs> that sounds horrible to me, but okay. Yeah, you you write that down. Or if you want to see more regarding like the shoe industry and like trends and ways of producing and everything is Diana Yang's underscore consulting. And we have one-on-one calls available. We have a lot of like small consultancy uh, projects and we are going to be in Caracas yes. for one month we as in we in my family I am planning three workshops well I'll be there so if anyone in here is from Caracas and wants to join us I'll be super happy to have you there yes just just stay tuned to her Instagram and to her social media so that you can have all the details if you are around and obviously I will leave all the details in the description as well amazing so thank you Danita thank you for your time it's it's hard for me not to call you Danita (laughs) (laughs) we've always been calling you this way uh but thank you Diana would be the most formal way to say it (laughs) thank you for your time and for sharing all your knowledge on this and uh, I love to have your your opinions and your input on this topic and thank you for sharing vulnerably your experience as well with us Thank you, Cody, for inviting me. And uh, thank you for doing this podcast. I think it's great. I, I listened to all the episodes. I'm still missing <laughs> the number 13. <laughs> I am fan number one. <laughs> love so it. I am really happy to be part of it. <laughs> of course. And I love that you're part of it too. So thank you so much. <laughs> thank you very much. And thank you everyone for listening. All right, everybody, that was it for today. I hope you enjoyed it. Remember to check out the links in the description of this episode and I'll see you on the next one. Thank you for finishing this episode of the Inner Placer podcast. I hope you enjoyed it and I cannot wait for you to listen to the next one. If you liked what you heard today and find yourself wanting more, click on the subscribe or follow button and head on to corinaortega.com.